Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in the greatest city in the world, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. And my name is Kyle Hagee. And I'm Benjamin Rangel. Kyle, did I hear an emphasis on the bridge? You might have caught that because today we have the most bridge-worthy episode <laughs> to date. Yeah, I, I think you're talking about our conversation with Ian and Michael, right? Yes, I am. Today we're going to talk with Ian Abson and Michael Hostad. We're the co-founders of the Light the Hone campaign. If you didn't know, that beautiful award-winning bridge along Lake Michigan with its elegant yellow arch and blue base connecting Bayview with Lake Parkway near the Summerfest grounds is named after Daniel Hone, one of the longest serving mayors in our city's history and a socialist. And that's Hone Bridge. Wow. You'll actually hear about Daniel Hone's grandson in this episode. But also, if you if you didn't know any of those wonderful facts that Ben just told you, I'm right there with you because I thought it was called the Home H-O-M-E Bridge for about three years while living in the city. Uh, so hopefully those that thought it was the home bridge have now learned the true name without having to embarrass themselves in front of their friends. I also heard once that if you accidentally take the home bridge, because it is a long bridge, yeah. if you take it by accident, it kind of messes up your yeah. route. But if you accidentally take the home bridge, it's called getting honed. All right, well, don't get honed. But soon enough, that wonderful bridge will be filled with thousands of beautiful lights. We're excited to interview both Ian and Michael about this because uh, part of where you call home is the built design and the environment around you and how that informs your perspective. And so we're very excited about the potential for uh, this beautiful piece of architecture to be lit up and really transform the skyline and the city. With that, enjoy our conversation with Ian and Michael. Uh, make sure you follow through on some of their action steps at the end of the episode. And if anything, uh, get a bulb and, and support the project because yeah. I'm looking forward to the skyline being lit. Let's light the bridge, the city. Okay, well, that might not <laughs> stick, but enjoy. I am Michael Hostad. Uh, I work uh, during the day at the Greater Milwaukee Committee, where I oversee their talent and innovation efforts. By night, I am the co-founder, uh, along with this guy, Ian, uh, of the Light the Home Project. Uh, Ian Abston, president of Millennium LLC, a talent agency working on getting millennials engaged in communities and corporations. And uh, also, by night, Michael's co-founder. Also want to give a shout out to both Lori Richards of Miller Communications and Greg Marshall of CDI Design, who are our uh, brain friends in this project as well. Before we get into kind of the initiatives that you are doing and the projects you're focusing on, what's your history with the city? Are you from Milwaukee? What brought you to Milwaukee if you're not from here? And what has made you stay? Uh, I grew up um, in Washington County in a small town called Hartford. Uh, town of about 7,000 people at the time. Where you were homecoming king? Uh, yeah, all four years. Good. Wow. Actually, all eight years. Good. <laughs> no, no, none of that. Um, but I left Hartford to um, go work at UWM in uh, 2001, um, where I oversaw a lot of the digital assets for the campus, the website, uh, the mobile app, uh, all of that. So I moved into... Uh, um, uh, the upper level of a duplex in Shorewood uh, in 01 and um, just fell in love with the city and and really uh, haven't looked back so um, I worked at UWM uh, till 2014 and then uh, took the job here at the Greater Milwaukee Committee uh, overseeing talent and innovation got connected to Ian 
I'm not sure how. Everybody always asks us how we met, and neither one of us knows the answer to that. So uh-huh. I'm sure it was a, an amazing experience, however <laughs> it happened. Um, but our paths kept crossing a lot and um, uh, ended up working on a number of projects together. Um, but but it's all been around Milwaukee because uh, it's, a, it's a passion for me. So Ian Apson, I grew up in Elkhart Lake, went to school in Oshkosh, moved out west for a little bit. And uh, I, I loved bringing people together. Um, I always loved hosting events, throwing events. I like, managed our high school band, got caught with the keg on the way to our prom party ruined everyone's night. You know, just the organizer loved organizing all the time. This and is actually just last week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in, in uh, college, we started, um, we went to Oshkosh. There wasn't a lot to do there. And we started organizing events and um, they picked up and we started a small group there. Uh, at the time, it was called the Goat Pack. Um, and we organized events. We moved to Milwaukee. Some of the other people moved here from Oshkosh as well. It's a big city. <clears throat> and uh, people come to move tend to move here, and we started uh, we started going to like the fuel events, all these networking events, and I was just like, man, this is I hate networking. I just want to do I want to hang out with great people, listen to good music, and explore the city. So we got about ten people together. I was a GMR marketing in at the time, working for uh, Gatorade, and uh, we started this little thing called New Walkie in uh, the basement of the Ale House with ten people, and that little thing turned into a big thing, and. Um, I'm really proud to be bringing you guys things like the you know, Urban Island Beach Party and the Night Market. Um, there was a time we back in the day we started like the pub crawls, the Shamrock Shindig, and some Oktoberfest thing. And um, we've thankfully graduated from from all of that. But it looked at Milwaukee in a different way. Everything that people looked at, like these grunge areas like Wisconsin Avenue, were like hell yeah, it looks great. Let's throw a Night Market on there and. We, and uh, Urban Island Beach Party, this big, ugly national um, park that just sit, sits vacant most of the time. We wanted to throw an event on there. Um, so I just a love of the city and bringing people together in the city. And when people move to Milwaukee, I get super excited about the, you know, showing them a good time and telling them about the sit, hidden secret spots that they can't find in the listicles, etc. And uh, sold that company around two and a half years ago to um, my business partners and started my own consulting agency. Um, and I run a private group connecting Milwaukee and Madison, and I get to go around uh, the state speaking on talent strategies. So all these projects that you're working on both seem very busy. Mm-hmm. Is there a common theme throughout all of these projects that really draws you into them? I'd say, there, so I, I, I love this course. So there's two kinds of people that don't love Milwaukee, those that have never been here and those that have never left. Mm-hmm. And I really think that is true. Um, I know a lot of people are an old factory town. That's what we're built on. And I'm not from here. So I come in and I'm just like, oh, this place is beautiful. And I look at certain things and I see opportunity and not sameness. And I think you, you, you notice that during the streetcar debacle we're what three weeks in and we're like shit that thing is working i can't believe there's actually people like my wife's um nieces and nephews came down last week just to ride the damn streetcar it's just like a thing families are doing now it's a cool way to see the city and there is such streetcar hate not because it was a shitty idea but because people have actually never been to a community where a streetcar works they can't fathom rail system in an urban environment and I look at Milwaukee as all this opportunity. So when I, and what is the unifying thread? It's, it's 
curiosity and wonder and love of the community. I just want to, I want as many people to know and hear what we see in Milwaukee. And yes, there's terrible parts of the city as well. And every city, every city has two faces. And then the, the, the best urban environments, there's two tales of every city. There's the, we need to upskill this uh, demographic, but there's also this area we should be unapologetically optimistic about and that's what we see and specifically i think this this project we're working on together i love doing great things with great people and i don't like to compliment michael to his face very often but he's one of the best guys i know who's got just his heart is in the right place and we surrounded ourselves with people on this project that that share that vision the only other thing i would add to that is is just the ability to have an impact uh, in the city. I think mm -hmm. what drives um, me personally, and I, I think for Ian as well, is, is the ability to have that impact. For whatever reason, Ian and I find ourselves often in rooms with leaders and power brokers uh, within Milwaukee. Shame on us if we're not utilizing those connections and leveraging that to have an impact um, in our city and, 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 and also create kind of a, a series of best practices for how other people in our generation can have an impact uh, in the city. And so uh, we're through this project, uh, like the Hone and others, we're learning so much about what to do, what not to do uh, when it comes to creating impact in this city. And um, I think that's a big driver for us. I mean, it, it goes beyond the project itself. It's, it's can this project have a lasting impact in the city beyond lights on a bridge, beyond the connections that come out of the project, um, but really in the way that, that we're hoping uh, to, to kind of serve as a catalytic project for other emerging leaders in the city to also step up and make, and make uh, some changes. So if, if for whatever reason, Light the Hone doesn't resonate with you as, as something you want to support, um, maybe the model that we've used to do this project is something that will motivate you to support whatever initiative it, it is that, that you're passionate about in Milwaukee. And that's a that's a big driver of what we're trying to do in this as well. We don't communicate that probably very effectively, honestly, but but it's, right. it's it is it is really at the core of what we're what we're trying to do with this. Um, a lot of people look at the, the project and say, "Well, why are you trying to light a bridge?" And it's it's so much more than putting lights on a bridge. So now that we're getting into to light the home, how did the idea originate? Mm -hmm. uh, was it whose brainchild was it, or was one day you were looking at that bridge and were like? Damn, that needs to have some lights on it. Let's let's do it up. Or how did it start? And then for our listeners too, who might not have who might not have ever heard of Light Town in the project, yeah. it's oh, mm -hmm. maybe just going over the basics behind the idea itself. Mm -hmm. too. Light the Hone is is um, uh, a civic project uh, among emerging leaders in Milwaukee to uh, install interactive LED lights on the Hone Bridge. Um, uh, but it's done in a unique way. We're using a crowdfunding method that allows people to dedicate a bulb on the bridge to someone or something that represents something positive uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, so that at the end of the day, we kind of have this large database of these stories and, and people who have made Milwaukee um, a really positive uh, and, and improving city. Um, so that at the end of, of this project, every night people can look at that bridge and be reminded of the power of community and what happens when people come together. Uh, but as a result of that, we're seeing stories that came through on this project that we never anticipated that gives us an opportunity to start sharing those stories, uh, stories that haven't really been told uh, in the public realm before uh, that are uniquely Milwaukee. And so um, the, the project itself has taken on kind of this amazing uh, life of its own. And so um, 
that's why I say it's, it's so much more than just about putting lights on the bridge. Um, the idea for it came from a meeting that we had with um, the bridge's namesake's grandson, uh, Dan Steininger, who still lives uh, here in Milwaukee. And uh, we met with him on a different topic. And as we were talking, he said, you know, something that, that your generation should really do is, is think about lighting up the, the home bridge. And we kind of walked out of that meeting, Ian, and I'm like, okay, Dan, sounds great, you know, really, okay, thanks, you know? And and then, like, I don't know, a week or so later, I ran into Ian, and both of us were like, I can't, we can't get this thought of lighting up the bridge out of our out of our brains. And that was, like, three years ago. I mean, we've spent mm-hmm. a long, long time um, really understanding what it takes to do something like this. What's the feasibility of even doing this? Um, we learned that... There had been an effort in the past um, um, to try and light up the bridge just with basic uplighting. Um, so there's some infrastructure, some literal infrastructure on the bridge that we can tap into uh, uh, as a result of that effort um, uh, that makes the, the cost a little uh, less expensive. And, and so it was really two and a half years of, of a lot of homework, a lot of um, talking to people, making connections, uh, agreements with the state and the DOT and all of this sort of work, the Coast Guard, we've got... Yeah, imagine doing a project on your volunteer time where you have to align the Department of Transportation, the city, the county, the Coast Guard, the Alderman, FAA, whatever even that is, I don't even know. And I'm the one with the short <laughs> fuse, so anybody with a .gov email address he generally communicates with... <laughs> His, his patience is just otherworldly. <laughs> yeah. and, and what Mike touched on, which I think is really, it's re, we all have an idea that we think is the shit, right? We're like, that idea is awesome. This idea isn't ours. This is a, this was supposed to have been done already. And so this is, this was a failed government attempt that was supposed to have been done back in 2015. And this dude sends us an article and says, hey, if, if the next generation ever mobilizes around anything, Think about this. And we sat, I squatted on it for a month and we kept coming back to it over cocktails, you know, that wouldn't be cool if, or what a stupid idea. And all of a sudden one day it's like, we, this is awesome. And it's right under our nose and we've got to run with this. And it is this the most visibly stunning piece of architecture that we completely take for granted. And we turn our back, on we it. turn our back on it every day. It's and, and, the opportunity, what we now see, what it took us only a month to see, we're trying to get today's generation of leaders and tomorrow's to, to understand what the opportunity actually is. Because the minute that bridge gets lit, everybody's going to say, wow, I couldn't imagine the skyline without that. Imagine Milwaukee without the Art Museum or the U.S. Bank or the NM Tower. There's certain things that are just institutional in Milwaukee and the lights on the home will soon be back. Before you mentioned the streetcar and how like there was this resistance to the streetcar, mm-hmm. people maybe hadn't seen a successful streetcar before, mm-hmm. they didn't want it, they thought it would be horrible, it comes on and then people love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about like the home, it was supposed to be done, maybe there wasn't the political will or mm-hmm. uh, the public will to pull it off. Mm-hmm. In your uh, experience in Milwaukee, is that like a uniquely Milwaukee thing that the city is maybe resistant to new ideas and, and quick changes and like... Um, kind of these like exuberant, more youthful ideas, or is, at, in your experience in other cities, is this kind of just a, a phenomenon across the country? You want to crack this one? Or? Okay, I'll say something stupid first. <laughs> yeah, we are the most conservative city, and the power structure is set up that power is generally handed from family to family, right? And and we're outsiders. We're both young 
and not from here. I don't have a last name on a building. I don't have, you know, reputation is going to hopefully get us in these doors by us hopefully doing great things for the city in the last 10 years that you might not always love, but at the end of the day, like what we want is a great Milwaukee. And if we can all agree on that, and like Mike said, you might not think the home bridge is the way to get there, but at least we can come to the intersection of this is a passion project to better the city. So with that being said, it is a definitely a slow city to change. And it's really, really hard to get great ideas from the mind of a 20 year old um, funded by the pockets of a 60-year-old or older. That's a really complicated process here in Milwaukee. And we've been trying to do it. This is our largest endeavor, but Mike and I independently have been working on this for you know over a decade here. And we're now finally in a spot where we're old enough. I now have a couple gray hairs on my beard. And where people are like, well, that guy's just not crazy and he's been around enough. So you definitely have to put the time in. But I'll say this about Milwaukee. It is... If you've proven that your heart is in the right place, it is, a, it is a city that will listen. Now, slow to act, but man, we're getting in some dynamic rooms. There's some executives taking meetings with us wanting to hear about this. I'm like, wow, that guy, that girl, that, that executive wants to hear from us. That's cool. An hour of their time on my books, that's, I'm really thankful for that. So those slow to change, they're listening. And there is a slow dynamic of power structure happening right now because they they understand that there is a communication difference between today's generation and tomorrow's. And this is a project that is going to be able to bridge part of that gap and get generations to work together. So whether it's the streetcar or this, there's always going to be people on either side, but um, they're listening and we're deep rooted here and uh, people care. You already highlighted some obstacles like bureaucracy and time uh, that have made the project a little bit more challenging, perhaps. But has there been a, a, a criticism that is more that is popular and that you want to address now, or have you heard? What, what are some like? What are some other criticisms of the project, if any? I, I think the you know kind of the standard one that that we hear as we hear with any big fundraising effort is well why are we raising funds for this when there's these you know really major problems facing Milwaukee and I think Ian touched on on that earlier um, and our our mayor has said that you know we're a, a big resourceful city with smart people in it we should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time meaning that we should be able to work on addressing the the challenges that that Milwaukee is facing while um, also celebrating our, our successes and the positive things uh, going on. I, I often refer to it as Milwaukee's Eeyore complex. Like we can't, you know, Forbes could write about us and The Economist and The New York Times and, and people in Milwaukee would be like, yeah, but we've got this, 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 and this. And that's, that's all true. And, and I think you can't, you can't turn your back on, on the problems of the city to only look at the, the positives. There has to be that balance. I think when Ian and I set off to kind of do this project, we actually felt that it was it was imbalanced in that we were only focusing on, on our challenges and and sometimes getting in each other's way trying to, to solve those those challenges. I think that what we hoped to accomplish with this bridge is not only to create that civic pride and unity, but also use it as a way to highlight 
some of the great things that are happening and some of the some of the unsung heroes in Milwaukee that are doing really good things every day that nobody knows about and 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 how do they fit into the fabric of trying to make our city better and so um, I think you know from that perspective if if someone wants to you know if if the home bridge projects prompts someone to instead give $25 to Feeding America or Hunger Task Force or to their local bid or to their church, then that's still a victory for us. Please do that. Um, you know, if, if that's what gets you thinking about, well, but we should really be focusing on these, then great. Give your $25 there. I would welcome that. If, if that's the result of this and more and more people getting aware of how they can engage in their community and, and help make Milwaukee better, then that that's still a success as far as I'm concerned. If people are interested in the project, they're, they're hearing what you're saying, they're excited about it, how do they get involved? Yeah, so uh, you can go to lightthehone.com and uh, dedicate a bulb uh, any, uh, for as little as $25 up to $500, um, and at different levels you get different things. and. Uh, for the holiday season, we we're actually going to have these cool uh, hand-painted ornaments uh, of the bridge that you'll be able to buy uh, for, for that special someone in your life who you don't know what to get uh, for Christmas or for the holidays. That, that's a, an option for you. Um, if people are listening to this and are interested in saying, gosh, I've got this you know million dollars just laying here that I don't know what to do with, uh, you can also find information about making larger gifts um, uh, on the website. Um, want to note too that, that the Greater Milwaukee Foundation is handling all of our donations, so they're all tax deductible. And it's legit. It's not going into Ian's pocket. We've come up with some pretty interesting partnerships over the, the time that we've launched this thing um, and, and are always open to more of that. I saw on your website you were a millennial expert. Take that. Um, <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Is there another passion of you know, maybe getting people to either stay in Milwaukee or come to Milwaukee um, that are young and youthful and will bring these new ideas and kind of change this old guard. Is that at the heart of some of the projects that you take on? I just want to see great things happen in the city. I'm attracted to those great things. And hopefully when you, you know, take a risk like we did, I don't know if you mentioned, like we've done this the exact reverse of any other fundraiser. Yeah. A regular fundraiser in Milwaukee, here's how it happens. You get a bunch of people in the room who have a last name you might know and you pitch the idea, you get 70% of the way there and then you tell the public, here's our idea. That's generally how it works. We launched with our names on this thing with not a dollar raised. Through that, Philips came out of nowhere. They've got connections locally. This is an international lighting company. The best of the best. They saw us launch. They're like, yo, we want in. A ton of local people have said, hey, can we help here? Can I do this? Can I do that? Advertising agencies, creatives, social media, influencers. And you mentioned something like the, um, and I want to be careful of that. You mentioned like the old guard. It's not a matter of like getting them out because that's not at all it. Because no. what they have is knowledge you and you need them. What we're trying to do is get the ideas of the youth in t and, and find the common space between the generations because this there's always been this generational divide of you know today's leader looking at us and being like who that whippersnapper he'll never amount to anything and, and then we'll say the same thing when we're you know old sitting on a rocking chair too i will absolutely say that mike hosted's kids are going to be useless <laughs> absolutely and 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 you know you got to put your time in and build the trust but i think we're we're in a space where now we have to say all right we've hopefully at least proven ourselves a little bit here's something that's passionate to us, will you listen? Will you participate? So I think it's that bridging that divide between the two generations that I think we're we're in right now, and we won't be the first or the last project 
to do this. And I, I hope learning from this when I'm, you know, hopefully made a little bit of money and I'm older that I take the time to listen to someone who's a little bit younger and greener and rough around the edges, but you can see the passion in them. And that's, that's what I want to invest in hopefully when I'm a little bit older. That's been part of what we've reminded our current leaders. Like, think back to when you were in your mid-30s, you know, or early 30s or 20s. Who, who was the person that gave you that, that shot, that opened the door, that reached their hand out and said, you know, come on, let me show you the way. Um, I, think, I think there needs to, to be more of that. And I, I'm not saying that because there isn't. There, there are amazing, amazing leaders here who do sit down with Ian and I for God knows what reason. And, and they do open up and they do listen. Um, so I think it's just about how do we create that, that access point for more, um, more innovative thinkers and more people from our generation to, to, to get access to, to the levels that we have access. So our last question and what you're talking about is a perfect segue into it. What are some of the most effective ways everyday citizens can make a difference in their community or get plugged into an organization that's doing good work? Well, I think one of the things is to just, to just, get involved and start going to things. I think what what Ian uh, created with Milwaukee uh, set up a framework for uh, making it an easy way for people to go and meet other people. You know, it's like we often get the question of, of young startups, like, how do I how do I get involved in the startup community? And it's like, well, go to an event that Startup Milwaukee is hosting and you're going to meet people there and you're going to get connected. And these conversations that happen over a beer or a cup of coffee are what leads to, well, have you talked to this person? Have you talked to this person? The next thing you know, you've got eight or 10 hours worth of meetings lined up and are more caffeinated than you could ever imagine. Um, but you're making those, those connections. And so a lot of it, I think, is just kind of going out, putting yourself out there. If you're looking to get connected into neighborhoods and into, into community organizations, um, uh, looking at a, a, a bid district or a neighborhood association or going to a church or, or finding uh, some of these organizations that, that are out there, spending time, go to a coffee shop you know, in Lindsay Heights and start talking to people um, and, and understanding. Um, and, and that's, for many of us, that can be a sort of uncomfortable thing to, to do, but... but um, the best part about our city is, is that people will talk to you and they'll answer your questions and they'll tell you how to get engaged. And so I think my biggest piece of advice is to just to just open your mouth and, and go out and talk and, and attend some of these events and get connected that way. Um, because once you're connected, I think it, it happens very organically, very quickly. Yep. I'd say show up. Attendance is 100%. You, if you're not there, you're not participating, you're not part of a solution. In fact, you don't even have a really good concept of what the hell the problem is. And yeah. these are the loudest people on social media, the ones that actually haven't attended shit. Go get involved. Pick something. It's the holidays. You want to work on homelessness, but you only have two hours? Contact Salvation Army. Pick up a bell and go ring in front of your local Metro Mart. Uh, it's so easy in those little things and then take a photo of it and post it on social media and then hopefully two other people do the same right. thing. Um, if you actually like, hey, I'm looking for a specific organization, tell me how to get involved. Your neighborhood is the most tight knit thing you're ever going to be involved in. So if you can't get passionate about making home better, then you're just lying to yourself that you actually want to get involved. You're better off just making money and donating it. Okay. So if you do have time to get involved, where do you live? Find out who the alderman is. You've got a, a local neighborhood volunteer organization. That is where you're going to find passionate people who are like-minded and they're going to 
have other ideas. I love supporting the Urban Ecology Center because I love nature. Uh, I'm on the board of the Salvation Army because I think homelessness is a problem we have here, but it's we're actually pretty effectively fighting it. And if you're young and want to get involved in um, Salvation Army, there's a group out there. It's called Echelon, and it's a bunch of young people that don't have money for like a $250 plate at the holiday thing but they still want to do great things and volunteer some time and meet great people and uh, hang out. And that group is like um, getting 70 people to go bell ring before a Bucks game before they all go into it next week. So they do cool stuff um, and people just want, just reach out. It's that, it's that time in Milwaukee, just get involved. So I wanted to end by addressing Michael's mention of Milwaukee's Eeyore complex. One, I love Eeyore, but two, I thought it was an interesting point. After he mentioned the idea that Milwaukee has a problem with pessimism, it resonated with me. I think often about the challenges Milwaukee faces and how so much requires the attention of all of Milwaukee's resources and time. But then I also think about how we deserve, the people of Milwaukee deserve, a dignified, beautiful city. You can walk and chew gum at the same time, as Michael said. We can beautify Milwaukee and still prioritize and address the most crucial issues the city faces. In particular, it is important to note that their campaign to raise private funds subsidizes a public project. This is money that would have normally come out of the state. It was supposed to be funded by the state to begin with, but instead they've taken the initiative to raise the funds and beautify the city in their own way. The city of Milwaukee would certainly be better off if all of us looked around the city and looked around our neighborhoods and our communities and searched for our ways to make things a little bit more beautiful. Overall, I thought this was a really fantastic interview, but there was two really important things that stood out to me when talking with Ian and Michael. Uh, the first was when Michael said, if people do have criticisms of Light the Hone, if they say, well, why are, why are we trying to light a bridge? We have bigger problems to solve in Milwaukee. And that inspires someone to then go get involved in what they think is a better cause. I think that attitude of not thinking that your project has to be the single most important thing ever, and that all you're trying to do is create an avenue for people that do think it is a worthwhile project, but also challenge people that don't think it's a worthwhile project to come to the table and say, well, what do you want to fund? What do you want to volunteer your time with? Tell me about a project I should be interested in. And really it's there to create discussion about the priorities of a city. And the second thing that goes right along with that was when Ian was talking about the fact that if you're not getting involved, you really do forfeit your right to complain. Obviously aspects of complaining and critiquing are very important and that's what keeps those in power in check and that's what keeps nonprofits and businesses in check. It's a critique and it's a complaint and it's a watchful eye. But I do think in some things that uh, complaining with no action gets us nowhere. And complaining can be very cathartic, and I think ultimately that is sometimes why myself and others complain. It feels good to vent and to get that off your chest. But I ask the question, if you're one that's always complaining about something and you're not doing anything, is that complaint really for the betterment of the city or is that complaining just to benefit yourself? And I think, you know, even in my own life, I have to be honest that most of the time I'm complaining you know, just as a cathartic release to benefit myself. And that doesn't do the city any good. So, you know, it's a new year and I challenge everyone to replace uh, maybe idle complaints with more proactive action. And if you don't like something, then dedicate yourself to being the change that you want to see in the city. And I think Ian and Michael's project is a great example of that. 
and I'm really looking forward to where Light the Hone goes. And I'm really looking forward to what people do that disagree with the project and what products they decide to take up that they think are more worthwhile. Thank you so much for listening. This was an excellent, fun conversation with two dedicated citizens in the city of Milwaukee. I urge you all to look around your own community and think of projects, big or small. That, that you could put lights on? No, oh. not not just lights, okay. but other ways you can make things a little more beautiful. Yeah, and that's what this episode was really all about. It was finding beauty in our city and highlighting it. Uh, we also want to thank uh, the Greater Milwaukee Committee who hosted the interview and provided a space. Uh, to record. Thank you also to Michael and Ian for your work on a project that has the potential to transform the city and all the other things you've done for our city so far. Yeah. And of course, uh, thank you to all of you, the listeners, future bulb buyers of the Light the Hone project. Remember, you can go to lightthehone.com to figure out how to either give a million dollars, like Michael said, or give a light bulb, whichever you prefer. Whichever is cheaper. Yeah, whichever is cheaper. And honestly, this is a great holiday gift. Holidays are right around the corner. What a cool way to give a gift, make a dedication. They put it up on Instagram. It's all cute. Go get a light bulb. And it will be there in perpetuity. And feel free, if you need someone to dedicate your light bulb to, you can dedicate it to me, Benjamin Rangel. Uh, I am the Bridge of City host. Yes. Um, or just, just get a light bulb for Bridge of City. Okay? You won't mind. And then while you're doing that, make sure you go on iTunes. Rate, comment, and subscribe so other listeners can discover the podcast. And honestly, buying a bulb, I mean, we couldn't think of a better way to bridge Bridge the the city. city. Bridge the city.